Lineup. Lineup. Locked. Locked. Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Are you ready for some football? Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. Ready? And lock it in. It is that time. Time to lock it in. Welcome to Lineup Locked. We are in draft season. It is a merry draft miss this weekend. Most drafts go on within the next day or two from when we're recording this pod. And also recording smack dad in the middle of a lot of dress rehearsals right now. I do have a four-man booth with me for this pod. I have Lee on the line. What's going on, my man? How are you? Hey, I'm hanging in there. Uh, happy to be on the pod again. Lee just started uh, started Vanderbilt, started his uh, school yesterday. Got a bunch yeah, of... yesterday, first day of senior year. Last first day of school, basically. Man, that's impressive. I'm a very, uh, I'm a, I'm a very proud podcast host right now. Uh, that's <laughs> that's amazing. So that's, that's kick butt. Vanderbilt is a, obviously a very high-regarded school, very cool. We've got Matt... In the office, ready to break it down on us. What's up, Matt? How are you? I'm living the dream as always. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing good, man. I went to my hit class tonight, so I'm a little. I have a little too much energy for my high <laughs> interval training. Uh, and then I eat pizza right after. That, that seems like a cancelization, I think. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It balances out. That's good. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, lose three pounds, gain four. That's my philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then last but not least, we have Chris Temple. What's up, my man? What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing good, bud. How about you? Good, man. It's good. It's 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 Thursday. It's pre-Friday. Are you ready for me to whoop your butt in a home league on Saturday? If you really think you can, bring it on. Oh, of course I can. I am the fantasy master. <laughs> yeah, guys, Chris and I, uh, Chris has been Chris and his wife, his wife especially, have been trying to get into my home league for years. And we finally decided to expand from 10 to the big boy 12. And uh, they're both pretty excited to do that, but it's uh, so that's on Saturday we're, morning. We're also at a severe disadvantage. It's a modified keeper, so everybody in the league. It, so it's a it's a twelve team league. Uh, everybody gets one keeper, right? Except for uh, Alicia and I, obviously, because we weren't in the league, right? So everybody's got a keeper, and then we're the eleventh and twelfth pick in the draft. So so there, yeah. So there you go. Good luck. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> hey man, I lucky. mean, I, in order to get yeah, into the league. In order to get into the league, I'm willing to take a take a bad year and well, then to dominate after. And in a, to be crystal clear, fellas, too, is that you know our listeners probably do as well as well as you guys. We all play in leagues that have different rules. Uh, this is a keeper league where you keep them where you drafted them. For instance, my keeper is Nick Chubb in the 15th round. So yes, yeah. I think I think Lee just went full Chubb. Actually, Let's see what now, I did there. Now, now here's the way that it works though. So Zach took him in the fifteenth round. The following year, he moves to the fourteenth. Right. So they move up one season every every single round. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So like my wife has decided to keep Devonte Adams in the second round. Uh, my buddy's wife's keeping Hopkins in the third. So Baker's kept in the last. So you get the gist. So the cool thing about where Chris and Alicia are at in this draft is there's actually, if you look at the consensus rankings right now, I believe 
eight of the top ten people are available. With the exception, like literally every running back is available except for Chubb, like all of them. And you, there's no Michael Thomas, there's no Juju, there's no Tyree Kill. Yeah, but, they're all gone. But the running backs, literally the the top five picks in every draft, are all sitting right there. Marlon Mack's gone. Marlon Mack's like the only running back besides Chubb that's gone. That's like a top twenty guy. Yeah, Marlon kept him in the tenth. Right. So it's a pretty cool. I, and I'm pretty sure you convinced her to do it. I told. I help. I help. I'm the commissioner. You have to give advice. <laughs> she was gonna keep Julio in the set. So in the she, first. Yeah. So she drafted Julio last year in the second, and he would have moved to the first. So she would have kept her first round. Right, and she has second pick. And I was like, don't do that. If you want Julio that bad, just pick him. A commissioner has right. to help. Yeah. You have to give advice. So. That's the rule. That's the rule, man. So before we get to cracking. Collusion. Yeah, collusion. This podcast is brought to you by creatorrank.com. It's a brand new, not so brand new anymore, but still new, fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with site experts, completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank, and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. So before we get into preseason thoughts and trending in Roto, that's the main objective today. We're also going to talk a little trade action and... We're going to look at ADP over some people that might be too hyped or not hyped enough and try to give our listeners some advice going into this important weekend so they don't jump too soon or too late on someone. Are you guys down for that? Sounds good? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I found a few funny things that I want to cover like always. I scurry the interweb. So, Lee, have you ever seen the the movie Bad Grandpa before? Yes, I have. Okay. Have you, Chris and Matt, have y'all seen it? Is it Dirty Grandpa? No, there's Bad Grandpa with Johnny Knoxville, right, where he yeah, plays the yeah. old, and then there's Dirty Grandpa with Robert oh, okay, De Niro. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, I forgot about the Johnny Knoxville one, but yes, I've seen it. It's the same thing, only different. It involves, one's an old man dressed up, and one's, or one's a man dressed up as an old man doing terrible things, and one is an old man actually just doing terrible things. So, I have a story about a, gra- about a bad grandma. So apparently, it, it, there's not been a bad grandma movie. It's not a thing yet. This there's is the, been a grandma's boy. Well, this will be the this will be the article that gets me fired. So I'm prepared to say my farewell, <laughs> my farewell <laughs> to the loyal lineup locked listeners. Uh, so so <laughs> this grandma makes cookies. She knits. She knits for a great granddaughter, which is which is her name is Binky actually, and then she gets arrested for lewd sexual activity with five grandpas in a public park. So well, wow, <laughs> that's what we call a busy Saturday. So in uh, wow. so <laughs> so <laughs> I I really don't have many words for this. It it was too too crazy to not talk about. You've already said them all. You said. Well, five <laughs> So it's happened in Fairfield, Connecticut. <laughs> there are six people involved, so which make that's the math. Five grand, five grandpas, one grandma. Uh, six people ranging in the age from sixty-two to eighty-five face sex charges. After being arrested in a, con- a conservation area in Connecticut, police say the six, five men, and then the 85-year-old woman 
were involved in lewd activity in the Grace Richardson Conservation Area in Fairfield earlier this month. Police say they found the area being publicized on the internet as an area to meet up for lewd behavior. <laughs> so, is am I? I'm just I'm impressed on the internet. That's awesome. Good for yeah, her. I'm surprised those internet savvy. Well played. Yeah, I also, mean, what kind of noises are happening? I don't even know. I'm just, I got a picture of like bones creaking. And- <laughs> I mean, I get, I get, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I get bucket list, right? I get it. This is just an odd item to have on your bucket. I honestly can say that, uh, I'm sorry. I can't speak right now because the stuff I want to say probably will get me fired. <laughs> so I'm going to sit over here, laugh internally and think of these dirty jokes that I cannot say out loud. <laughs> so... <laughs> So Lee, how are you, how are you doing with all this, Lee? It's a it's a lot to process. I mean, good for I don't know, good for all of them, I guess. You know, just having a good time. That old, yeah. I, you gotta respect it. They're they're living life to the fullest. You know, who who are we to judge? To maybe maybe exactly. maybe it's a group maybe it's a group of individuals that are finding out like that movie with Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman, The Bucket List, right? They find out they have a year to live, so they go around and do things they never did in their life because they're too busy working and everything else. You know, maybe this is the... Yeah, I've got is, to know. I'm not, just not it. going there. <laughs> it's climb Kilimanjaro and have a six-person gangbang. <laughs> you know? What's the old people Tinder site? I, I think it's it's, it's, it's called Ginder. <laughs> Ginder with a G. For geriatric. So... Oh my gosh! I was thinking like Elmder or something. Like Elmder. That. <laughs> see, see, people would go there trying to hook up with elves. Probably is what, oh, that, is what would happen. So <laughs> Keebler runs the gamut. <laughs> yeah. So have you guys? Speaking of craziness going on, have you seen this 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 reverse bandit that's going around? There's a man wearing an old school television on his head. And he's dropping off old televisions on people's doorsteps. He's literally walking around, barely can see, like has a legit like 27-inch zenith on his head. And he's like walking around and putting old school zenith TVs and Toshabi, whatever, Toshibas, on people's front porches and then walking away. And you know everybody has these cameras now to bust people that are yeah, Amazon like Prime stealing. So. Yeah. so there's videos of it all over the interweb. He's just driving around. Isn't that just littering? I don't even know. <laughs> That's a, that reminds me of the Dane Cook joke. Trash, right? That reminds me of the Dane Cook joke where he wanted to do a B and E and not steal anything. He right. wanted to drive the homeowner crazy the for them down. to try and figure out what they stole. So let, let me ask Lee a question because Lee, Lee, remind me, you're 22, is that correct? Yeah, 22. 22 exactly. years old. So there's no way. I am from a day and age where a 27 inch TV was baller. Yeah. If you had a 27 inch TV in your room as a 17 year old hooked up to your Sega Dreamcast, you were, a, or your Sega Genesis or your Nintendo, you were living life. In 64. Lee, what's the smallest TV you've ever owned? I must know. I bet you it's four. I'm going to go 44 inches, 42. I'm going to go 36. Off the top of my head, I think it's 40. See? See? Isn't that crazy? Like, seriously. The first TV in my house that I had when I was a kid 
was a 15-inch black-and-white TV in, in the bedroom. Yeah. It was like a radio-slash-TV, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's crazy how times have changed. And, like, and the only thing you could do, you could play the Atari or the or the original Nintendo. That's wild. Yeah. So, Dude, I remember when we got a TV that had a remote control, and I was like, what? Yeah. Yes. Your dad no longer had to hit you on the back of the head. You just have to channel. get up to right? go do yeah. that. Well, even more, even more insane is I kind of wish this dude would come and drop a TV off on my doorstep because I like classic video games and unfortunately they're stretched like to like as an extent. Yeah, if you try to play it on your TVs now, you have to buy a connector. It stretch doesn't look right. I'm all about it, man. I put I put it in the office right here. Oh yeah, we play we we play Tecmo on. I would on sit a here right here and play Tecmo Bowl right at my little desk I'm podcasting at. Right what is now. Tecmo Bowl like on an 83 inch t- TV? Oh, it's fantastic still, but it looks. <laughs> I mean, it just it's very 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 blurry. It's very blurry. Those big graphics get a little distorted. Yeah. <laughs> and then last but not least, till we get into what the people are here for, which is the foosball, uh, the football is. Did you see this thing that went viral today? Uh, it happens every year. Somebody does it. And uh, there's this kid who is all about the Cleveland Browns, and he got the Super Bowl champion tattooed yes, with the I Browns saw logo. That. So he's calling his – he's babe-riffing it. What he should have done is he should have just got the, the the tattoo of – that said Cleveland Browns, uh-huh. the helmet. Then after they won the Super Bowl, he could have put Super Bowl champs in the year. But then he couldn't say he predicted it, Right. See, what I would have done is got the Cleveland Brown tattoo, and then I would have written Super Bowl champion in Sharpie marker underneath it, and then told everybody I did that, and then let it come off, and then if it turns out they do win, then I'm, I'm going to go get go add to the tattoo. Yeah, no, the, boldest, I would the boldest one ever was Jason Terry. Yeah, the, the Dallas Mavs, yeah. They, he kind of started it. Yeah, he, he right? tattooed the Larry, Larry O'Brien trophy on his bicep. The year the Mavs won the championship. Yeah, before so the season started. That's your daily uh, podcast, Dallas Homerism, brought to you by Zach and, and Temple. It's always here. It always happens. That won't be the last one. So let's get you just keep your Wisconsin cheese in your mouth over there. Oh my gosh, we got to deal with Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz on this freaking pod. Can we get two new hosts, please? Yeah, you're fired. Um, okay, it, no. any, anywho. <laughs> So what's on the horizon uh, for our listeners is the last week of the preseason is next week, okay? So we're divvying this podcast up into two. We're going to do our best to have as many of us on as possible, but it's just not going to be quite possible. Um, I know that Matt and I are committed to every Sunday night, as soon as the Sunday night football game is over, Matt and I are going to record a 30 to 40 minute pod about waivers so that our listeners have a full two days to gather information sink it in, get their priorities right, and get ready to roll as far as what they need to do to get ahead of the competition for the upcoming week. We're going to be looking at guys where we want our listeners to be a week ahead of who people are rushing for. So we're going to be doing that. And then either Thursday night, like we're doing now, or Friday afternoon-ish, we'll be getting together to do uh, a preview, start-sit, the things you would expect from a lineup locked episode for that upcoming week. And then Matt and I will probably also briefly cover Thursday Night Football as well, so that that is mentioned. We'll you know start sits and all that stuff too. Even though sometimes it's Sunday night's a little bit early, but still you you can get kind of a gauge on those things. So those are the things that are coming that I'm pumped up about. And uh, you know we've got a team that bust their uh, they bust their ass quite frankly. I mean we're in here. Uh, doing whatever we we can to just put out a great production, uh, whether it's writing articles, uh, active on Twitter, retweeting each other, making these podcasts the best possible. And I just 
I'm a very proud of what we've grown this thing into. So we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it even more. That is unless I'm fired for the grandma uh, incident, <laughs> and then you uh, might be fired. <laughs> yeah. So I, th- I think the three of us are probably. <laughs> Don't. Lee did a good job saying quiet. He's yeah, like, I'm, I'm taking over. But uh, let's let's get to preseason, okay? Um, I know that I talked to Matt about this, and Matt has watched a very little amount of preseason uh, this this <laughs> off season. I know Lee seems to be a little bit more with me, where he's seen a little bit, and I know Chris is more of a highlight slash Cowboys watcher. Um, me personally, I like to scout out the rookies. I like to know formations. I like to see snap counts. But one thing I've taken from this preseason, and it's the same thing really the last year too, is that these teams run it so vanilla now, you really don't know. You really exactly. don't. Exactly. Like, Which is why I haven't watched a single snap. <laughs> That's why I mean, it's hard to watch. What you do know, though, is it's good to see, like, for instance, tonight, guys finally got on the field for the first time, right? We had a report that he wasn't even ready for football activities two weeks ago. That's good. You want to see how he takes a hit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Jimmy Garoppolo, what happened last week, wasn't ready. He's clearly not ready to get hit. Home dude could have thrown three picks out of six passes. It looked bad. Now, does that make me fade the 49ers? No. I like it because that means the draft stock on guys like Tevin Coleman, Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel drop where they become even more attractive to a a guy like me because I think Jimmy will come out of it. And if not, the backups there are fantasy-capable. They're not win-game capable, but they're fantasy-capable. Proof in the pudding is is Pettis and Kittle at the end of last year, right, and Breda as well. So before we go too much of a high horse about that, it's very – there are some things you can take into, for instance, the Packers, Matt. We'll talk about them real quick. The MVS, the the law firm, right – he hasn't played. One snap. So what does that tell me if I'm a fantasy drafter? That tells me he's locked in as the number two. Yep. Right? Yep. That tells me he is the guy. Geronimo will play slot. And that tells me that's a guy that he is worth every penny of his draft stock. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's so that's a, that's a takeaway. So there are, if you really, really try to delve into the things, there are things that you can learn. So I'm going to start with you, Lee. Is there something you've seen in the preseason in this three weeks or, you know, two weeks and one night so far that has you for someone against them or just for anything in general? Oh, that's tough. Um, I guess I would say, oh, yeah, I've got a couple, I guess. Um, One would be Adam Humphreys. Like I like because I was at that game with the Eagles and the dude was targeted nonstop. Um, so I think he could be a viable uh, PPR option or even half point, just because it does look like they're they're looking his way. And he always has he has been a productive slot. He was really good for Tampa Bay last year. For sure. And um, another guy also same in the same exact vein actually is Cole Beasley because they paid him a lot of money four years thirty mil and. Allen has talked. Uh, Josh Allen has talked about how they're running a more Patriots-esque offense, where they really utilize the slot. They don't take as many deep shots, and from all all signs, points of Beasley being that that security blanket for Allen. I mean, I think he had four catches th- this past preseason game, and he's been looking like they've, they've been developing good chemistry. Him and Allen, so he's another guy I'm targeting in PPR late. Yeah. 
I agree. I was actually, I heard that today about the Josh Allen comment, and that's good stuff, man, because Josh Allen was not throwing the ball anyway. It's, it seemed like everything was a 50-yard rocket, or it was him running last year. So Exactly. So that's good. That makes me uh, perk up a little bit, too, about him, because he's going, in redraft leagues, he's, like, undrafted right now. Like, he's, exactly. he's either not getting drafted, or he's, like, a deep quarterback, too, like, Somebody's just okay. I, I saw I saw the upside, but to the the average the average drafter, he's a forgotten afterthought. Matt, so is there any takeaways from anything you've read or learned, or are you just kind of going with the flow? Uh, I'm just kind of going with the flow. There's nothing that's really jumped out at me. Is I'm definitely going to take this away. I've been a little too deep into my next article, so okay. No, nothing wrong with that, man. What is your next article, by the way, for the people? Uh, for the people, it's going to be about why you should not draft Derrick Henry, but why you should trade for him in, like, November. Nice. And you know what, though? Not even November. And I get where you're coming because that's when his – the last three years, that's when his stats, as you told me in a text chat, have spiked. Yeah. But someone's going to draft Derrick Henry in the second or third round in every league, right? Yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. all it's going to take is two bad weeks, and they're going to be really ready to dump him. Derrick Henry was dropped in, what, 52% of Yahoo leagues last year? Yeah. And yeah. picked up and then was, a, if not a league winner, he was a championship getter, right? Like, got you over the hump. Yeah, for sure. So so people are going to be looking to, so yeah, you're going to be able to, and if people are looking to sell, 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 yeah, you're going to be able yeah. to get him for a cheaper price than what that third round draft grade was for sure. Oh, easily. So that's not that's not a terrible idea. Chris, anything that you need to add about the preseason? I know you're uh, you're Tony Pollard. That you've been you've been you've been banging the horn about it. Yeah, banging that, the drums. That, that's man. actually what I was gonna say. Uh, in the in the game against the Rams, Tony Pollard played 13 snaps. Yes. Dak Prescott played 13 snaps. They played the exact same 13 snaps in that game. So if if you're looking for the RB one for the Dallas Cowboys entering the season, there you go. Unless within the next three weeks Zeke resigns. Okay. But Pollard could still be a late-round flyer for you. So if you are – so, Chris, real quick before we continue with preseason, if you're a listener right now that's drafting this weekend and Zeke's available, we would also, we would obviously – all four of us would tell you to take Pollard. When are we targeting Pollard, Chris? What round are you? Knowing that people have seen some of the data, so he might be a little bit more – some people who go zero, zero RB might be more inept – to get him. I think you've got to see how your league's taking running backs, but I think you're probably going to have to take him somewhere between the 8th and 12th, depending on how your running back, your league is, is gobbling up running backs. Really? Yeah. I, I, I want to say 7th. You think the 7th? I think. I think, and it's not because I think that's the ADP for it, but I think protect the house. So I think you just do it instead of having somebody else get cute and do it to you. Does that make sense? Because if you look at who's going on the seventh round, it's good. It's good pieces. Don't get me wrong, but if your first round pick doesn't play for five weeks, I would rather spin a seventh round pick to protect it than have somebody else get cute and take it, where I'm having to trade or I'm just ass out. Do you? What do you think, Lee and Matt? Are y'all? Are y'all just wait till it's eighth to twelfth, just see how it's going? Or are you? Are you getting overly aggressive if you do that and trying to draft it early? I mean, Henderson's going in the seventh round. Why not go get Pollard? Matt, Matt, you want to go first? Sure, I'll take it. I 
I think it depends more on if I have Zeke or not, how bullish I want to be. Right. If I have Zeke, I'm going aggressive. I'm going to, it might be the fifth or sixth round when I start thinking oh, Pollard. Thank you. Yeah. If, if I, if I didn't draft Zeke, I'm just waiting. I am waiting for right. the 10th, 11th, 12th round for sure. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but even if I don't have Zeke, I would start thinking about it around the Daryl Henderson range of that late seventh, early eighth. I, I could see if somebody getting cute and snagging them there. That's about where Justin Jackson's starting to go now, too. Yeah, I'm thinking seventh round is the sweet spot, man. Yeah. You have, I think you just pull the trigger right there and you just you live with the consequences. Yeah, you, you, you know, we're uh, sorry to cut you off. Oh, you're we're, fine. We're, we're talking about Zeke. Did you see the deal they offered Zeke? Yeah, it's like right below Todd Gurley. Right below. In between, so so uh, Gurley signed his deal in 2018. Right. Le'Veon signed his deal this year, so 2018-2019. Le'Veon reset the market. So the Cowboys gave him the next highest contract past the market based on that. And well, he wants to be highest paid. But the good news is, is is if it's right below that, they're a lot they're a lot closer today than they were yesterday, right. which means exactly. that they can – you're talking about an adjustment of a million as opposed to like where Melvin Gordon's an adjustment of three million, right, which is going to be harder to get done. So I'm confident, but we'll see. Lee, and what are your Dan thoughts? San Diego front office. Yeah, San Diego. <laughs> LA. It's L.A. actually. San Diego, my bad. <laughs> LA. L.A. now, though. Yeah, what uh, Lee? What are, this way. is year three. <laughs> year three oh, in man. L.A. What are your thoughts, Lee? Um, okay. I'm, I'm stuck between... So if I'm the Zeke owner, I probably would end up reaching in the seventh for Pollard. But otherwise, I'm not touching him until... You know, until reach hit that tenth, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth, right? Even later. Do we? And sorry, was that Chris? What you doing? No, something? sorry, I, I you keep going. You have a question? Yeah. Well, my my question was, even if they do, Zeke does come back. Are they going to use him the way they used Kamara? I think so. I think he's got value regardless. You think he's going to get minimum fifteen touches a game? Who Pollard? Yes, I, I think eight. Is probably his floor for touches when Zeke's here, which is flexible for sure. I mean, it's it's not what you want in the seventh, but it could be worse. They're worth seven round picks. There are people who picked uh, Paul Perkins in the fifth round three four years ago. That didn't turn out very good at all. No, he wasn't even starting after four weeks. Right. So Lee, if you, do you have anything to finish there? Or are we just that's what we're signing off on is the seventh. I round? mean, I was just gonna say like I'm torn between. Like, I feel like the girly signing is kind of a red flag for every NFL team. Just that if you're going to invest that much money into a running back, then he might get hurt and he might not be worth it. Like, I, I wouldn't say Gurley's worth that contract anymore, especially if they limit his touches like they're saying they're going to do. Right. And it's just it's just tough as, like, the Ze- as Zeke's agent and as Zeke to be like, oh, I want more than that. Like, I really do think that the market will be set below that for a while just because of that that injury risk at running back. But Zeke is the Cowboys team, on the other hand. And like I understand that Dak is probably improving and he's probably getting better, but the splits with and without Zeke are ridiculous. Like he's two and five without Zeke. Oh for like, sure. He plays super poorly. He needs that play action to really let loose as a passer. It makes so it I, a I whole really different think game. they need Zeke. Yes, sir, Chris. He's three and three without Zeke, and you also gotta take into account three of those I'm games didn't have Tyron Smith. Yeah. Well, either way, Zeke is the best running back in the NFL, and you're better with him. Yeah. Like, period. So, one thing, so we're going to tell our listeners, seventh round, if you're a Zeke owner, pull the trigger, go ahead and get Pollard. 
And I like to think that that all of us do the same thing that we do. I'm in a few leagues, uh, right, that are high stakes. I'm in two leagues. I have a, a draft tomorrow and a draft Saturday, and then one more the Tuesday before the season. And I'm giving you the same advice that I would give myself. Like, I'm not telling anyone to do. So this leads me into, you know, we talked about the preseason, and I want to talk about two things that happened tonight or three things real quick. But when you're drafting, I want I want our listeners to know one thing, and I think this is the most honest advice that I can give anyone. The team that you draft, whether it's tomorrow, it's last week, it's two weeks from now, is not the team you're going to finish your season with, period. And that is if you're playing for the jelly beans, right? So yes. what, what I want what I want our listeners to be not afraid to do is not afraid to get your guys. If you like someone, don't care if your league roasts you because he should go in the fourth round and you take him in the third. I'm not saying take somebody who should be drafted in the 15th round in the fifth round. That's not where I'm going. But I'm saying if you think that Darwin Thompson can legit win your league, then get him in the eighth. It's fine, right? If you think yeah. that if you think that that Kelsey is going to be the difference maker for you, draft him in the first. If you think you can draft Patrick Mahomes in the third round and draft a great team and win because of it, then do it. But back that stuff up and make sure you draft okay. The problem that people do is we get so married to rankings when none of us know what's going to happen. We just talked about the preseason. None of us know anything. We can make educated guesses. We can talk about we think this because of this or this because of that. But until they're out there playing, we don't know. It's the best educated guess by us, by experts, by everyone. So all you can do is try to get the most beastly players you possibly can on your team. So if you can learn anything from my rant right here as a listener, it is get beasts and don't care what the cost is. Just get as many beasts with touchdown upside on your team, and you will win because of it, and just be active, period. Period. That's what you have to do, and you're going to be okay. Don't be afraid to take a risk just because people are going to point the finger and laugh at you, because nobody knows right now. Now, if we drafted on week four, man, okay. We're talking, you know, you know everything. you got the data. You've got a month's worth of stuff to go on, so just respond to that accordingly. The running backs have so much bust potential. It's okay to go receiver-receiver, right? It's okay to have Tevin Coleman as your RB1 because that's probably not going to be your RB1 when the season's over, right? I finished the season with Jalen Samuels and Damian Williams as my two RBs and won the championship. Did I plan on that? No. Things happen. So... Be prepared. Yes, sir, Chris. I looked at my team last year just to go back and look. I had Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler on my on my team. And if you look at if you look at drafts, go, do me a favor, listeners, as well. Go in the archives on the site that you're on. Look at your drafts from last year and see what everyone did. It's terrible. It's awful. Like it's crazy. People drafted Marlon Mack in the ninth round, tenth round, and then they dropped him. And I he was picked, picked up, up on waivers. I picked up James Conner as a free agent. That's what. There's so many crazy things that happen. So just be aware, be ready, and understand that the draft is not everything. So don't be afraid to get Mike Evans, Julio Jones, and Adam Thielen to start. Oh my gosh, there'll be no running backs. There will be running backs. I promise you. Now, one thing the last year I did, I drafted Patrick Mahomes in the 16th. I dropped him for Conners before the season started. And nobody picked him up, and I had the worst score of the first week of the season. So you got him back. I got him back. (laughs) 
Now, I ran the table after that. I didn't lose a game the rest of the season. That's correct. That'll do it. Yeah, the, yeah. Obviously, yes, finding the lottery tickets helps as well. Yes. So that is that rant. So there's a couple notable things going on right now. There's no more alerts that have come on my phone. I am on my phone, though. So if something flashed that Lee, you've seen, or Matt, or Chris, you've seen, please bring it up. But Cam Newton went out of the game, had to go to the locker room. Lee, what do you have for us on this? I have absolutely nothing. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> it just says, it, everything I've been able to find on Twitter, online, just says Cam Newton leaves the game after getting hit in the foot. That's it. There's nothing about the extent of the injury. No, I'm assuming that it's probably just precautionary, and they, they saw their quarterback get hit, and they were they were done with it. But... When more news comes out, I will let you guys know. Okay. Thank you, Ian Rappaport. I did see I did see the hit. I was watching NFL Network before we did the pod, and a guy did fall on his back shoulder as well. Not hard, but it did happen, but they were saying leg. So maybe they're checking everything out just to make sure. One thing I noticed about Cam, and I don't know if anybody else saw this, but he was in that pocket for longer than I've ever seen Cam, and I don't think I like it. Like seriously, I know it's preseason, and I know they're. I know that hey, don't run, don't run, don't run. They're trying to get the rust off. He had a sick little dime to Curtis Samuel, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. But he, the way he was dancing in that pocket, it's like he instinctively wanted to run, but knows that he shouldn't or can't. So he got sacked. Like it, like he didn't even know to. Th- like he didn't even think to throw it away because it's just not him, right? So we'll see what happens. If I'm in, if I'm drafting tomorrow. And there isn't news on it. I'm gonna just keep passing on him until it becomes a value. Like if it's twelfth round, I'll pull the trigger on Cam there, and then just work it out. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm already, I'm already prepared in the twelfth round for what it is, right? You're prepared to stream or go wherever. But he's a, I think he has a ninth round ADP right now. That's a little too rich until I know what's going on. And also, it does worry me that he didn't throw the ball away, and he just kind of kind of danced around. I don't know if that's the way he's going to play moving forward, uh, but I don't know. So the other big news tonight is Geis, uh, first football action since he uh, tore his ACL, and I'm a big Geis believer. I know Matt and, and Lee, I, I think we all are. I think we all like the Geis. Um, what, what's his stat line look like, Chris? All right, so Mr. Geis had 11 attempts for 44 yards with a four-yard per carry average. Okay. He also had one reception for four yards. So four yards. Four yards. He's a four yard, four yards in a cloud of dust. Okay. And their offensive line is terrible. So that's that's promising. Would you gentlemen agree? Yes. <laughs> uh, thank thank, thank yeah. you for that interesting feedback there, Clyde. <laughs> All right. You're welcome. So Matt, your Packers are playing in Winnipeg, and Aaron Rodgers yes, looks like uh, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's an extra. From a tombstone right now. I, I was thinking Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> most uh, August. Yeah. So what's going on? Anything in, in that game that you want to talk about or you noticed or anything at all? Well, well apparently they're playing on an 80-yard field. They are. The Packers have refused to play anyone of any sort of note other than Trevor Davis, who has pretty much secured his roster spec. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. One out. carry, 18 and, yards. Uh, yeah, Tim Boyle looking like an all-world quarterback again. No, yes. Dude, man. Oh, goodness. Yeah, the, yeah the, him and Trace McSorley are just balling out tonight. Nice. The field looks terrible, by the way. And, yes, they're playing on 80 yards. And I think two Packers went down from what I saw. I don't yeah, know the severity. One but on each line. Yeah, yeah. So, 
No bueno. All right. Are, are we ready? Are we ready for trending in Roto? Are we ready for this? Oh, Chris was Chris was trying to start a uh, Chris was trying to start a little drum roll there, but it didn't work. Okay, so let's find something that's kind of notable. I don't care about touches right now. We already covered Cam Newton. We know that's not a beautiful thing at all. Uh, Kenyon Drake is out of his boot. News or noise, Lee? Ooh, uh, newsy noise. Okay. I, I'm staying away. I think I'm staying away from that backfield. With the injury to Drake, and then I, I really don't think Kalen Balaj is that good of a running back. No. And it, it kind of seems like it'll be a 50-50 split. And the hype has gotten really big for Balaj. So maybe if, if Drake comes a value, but I, I just they're going to be a really, really, really bad team. Yeah, when people are starting to pull the trigger on Dolphins running backs, I'm just going to draft Darwin Thompson and take a sip of my tea and just sit back and relax. Uh, Matt, news or noise for you? I agree with Ali. It's news and noise. Um, it's good that he's out of the boot, but until he's on the field like Geis was tonight, I don't put a ton of stock into anything. So, Chris? Uh it's it's noise. It's the Dolphins. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, is it because they have injury problems, Chris? Is that the problem? No, it's, it's, it's not because they have injury problems. It's because they're just not any good. They're not any good. Well, so Amari Cooper uh, is up next, and according to Mickey Spagnola, uh, he does not have plantar fasciitis, if I pronounce that correctly. He actually has an intrusic muscle strain, and... I don't know what that means. So I went to I went to WebMD, and it basically is like for like sometimes when I go to the gym, um, and we do these foot exercises. Like you guys aren't here, but Chris can see. You see where my my toe gets like a knot on it mm-hmm. of, of skin. You basically get that on your heel, and it makes it where it's harder to apply pressure. Obviously, you're you're sprinting when you're a wide receiver and cutting, so you can do that. It's after that you feel the pain. So this is good news to me. So I'm going to say this is big-time news. Chris, what say you? Yeah, it's big-time news. I mean, he he came out and said a couple days ago, though, he did have a 1,000-yard season with plantar fasciitis. Right. So he probably could have played through it. Uh, I also did hear a couple days ago that the swelling has started to go down in his heel. That's good. So, And uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the Amari Cooper foot issue? This is the one time my real job will pay off. I actually work at a running shoe store, so I know all about plantar fasciitis. I know all about this intrusive muscle stuff. It's basically a fancy way of saying he has a heel spur. When you have a heel spur or plantar fasciitis, it's uh, putting any sort of pressure on your foot is literally feeling like your foot's going to be on fire. So, but what the heel spur, it, like you said, it's after. So you can play the entire game, get some sort of numbness, and then like the next day he's just gonna limp around. So yeah, he'll. It, you might see him in a boot time and again, and there'll be reports of hey, he was starting with this, and it won't matter. He'll still play on Sunday. Yeah, so, I would say that. I would say before we go to Lee that Amari Cooper for the first week or two, or, or maybe longer, will have the Todd Gurley situation, and what that is is that they'll be questionable for every single game and darn near a game-time decision. Like, that's one thing if you're drafting Gurley, believe that he's good or don't, you better believe that you're going to not know on going into Monday night some games if he's playing or not. So you want to handcuff him, otherwise you're having to make hard decisions. 
Uh, so if I'm an Amari Cooper owner, I'm I'm not I'm I'm being dead serious right now. I would draft Michael Gallup in like the 12th and sleep like a baby. But that's just me. Lee, what are your thoughts on Amari Cooper? I mean, I hope this brings his draft price down just because I he's a guy, I hate to say it because he's a cowboy, but who I really <laughs> think will be a value this year and really might break out just because he was so good when he got to the Cowboys. And now he'll have the whole, I know he hasn't played that much, but he has the whole offseason to learn the playbook and really kind of develop some chemistry with, with Dak. And he's a very talented receiver, and, and I don't think much of Michael Gallup personally. Um, despite I, I hear he's playing okay at camp, but I really think uh, Amari Cooper is a step above him. Oh yes, and I think that he's definitely an alpha and could be a dominant receiver this year. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, Lee. I laughed when you said learn the playbook. Uh, it seems like the last three years, everybody that played defense against the Cowboys knew the playbook. Well, their playbook was literally <laughs> last year before. Amari Cooper got here. The Cowboys' playbook was the Tecmo Bowl playbook. I mean, yeah, they were they were running slants, ends, and and posts, and it wasn't anything different. And everybody knew it because everybody lined up in the same exact spots in the same exact formations, week in, week out, for years. Homer rant. All right, we have three rookies now. They're recovering and training on Roto. I'm kidding. I was doing the same thing. Uh, We've got. Ty Johnson, Justice Hill, and Damian Harris that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about real quick when news or noise. Uh, Ty Johnson should have cop role for a lion, so he should basically a little less version of what we saw from Theo Riddick. Pretty much only third down, passing situations, hurry up offense type thing. I think this is news because I said this a couple of pods ago that if I'm drafting on Johnson... I, and Lee disagrees with me, but I think Ty is the guy that you should probably go and get to be on your team because he might be fantasy relevant regardless, whereas CJ, well, he could be two. I don't know. Maybe all three. I don't know. I don't. We live in a crazy world. So, <laughs> so Lee, we'll start with you. Is this news or noise with Ty Johnson for you? I, as, as you alluded to, I think it's noise. I, first off, I'll say I'm carrying on to the moon. Just I think he's going to have an absolutely great season because I think he will take on a lot of that passing work from Theo. I like him. As well as some early down work. And I think he's a super uh, talented running back. And, yes, I do think the immediate handcuff to carry on is C.J. Anderson. I think Anderson showed pretty well with the, when he got brought on by the Rams. Yes, it's a great system, and I totally get that. But with the Broncos, he was good too. Again, great system. So we'll see with the Lions. But I do think he's a decent running back. And so, yeah, I'm, t- I'm team carry on, and then if I want a handcuff, it'll be CJ. And my dog agrees with you, apparently, so that sucks. There's there's turmoil <laughs> in the house. My oh, chocolate no. lab agrees that CJ Anderson is the cuff, so no, no treats for you, Roxy. Uh, oh. Matt, what do you think about this? I think it's also kind of noise. It's... It doesn't shock me that they're saying it. I think they get into the games, realize how dang good carry on looks, and they just don't look back. So that's what I would do. I hope so, man. He was. It's preseason, and we never know. But he was not playing third downs last game, and that could yeah. be that could be something, or it could be absolutely nothing. Chris, I would say that's absolutely. Nothing. I hope that is the case because I got him in the league last weekend, and I went to win. Uh, Chris Temple, I think it's newsy noise. I think you have to see it to believe it. Okay. 
I think I think you have to see how they're actually going to implement him. So the first thing will be does he make the team? Yes. Okay. Over Zach Zinner, who they they've always been high on, is seems to hang around forever too. Exactly. Okay. That's fair. Uh, up next is Justice Hill. Uh, Justice Hill has the makings of a third down RB. Did you see that stat that uh, I don't know if it was Coe or Barfield that tweeted it, but he uh, he had seven. Or was it nine? I think it was nine in one game. He forced nine missed tackles in one game, and they said that Mark Ingram's never done that in a season. Well, I, if you if you look at Justice Hill's combine stats, off the charts, best running back measurable wise. Well, I'm I'm on I'm team. Yes, he is the third down guy. So we'll start with you, Chris, since you're chiming in. Is this news to you? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's news. It's, as the fact that he's going to get the third, the bulk of the third down carries, because he's probably the best receiving threat they have. Right out, out of the backfield, they've got some. They finally got some wide receivers. Hollywood Brown's going to start playing soon, but you know Justice Hill, he runs a four three guy. He's four three. He's super athletic. You can watch the tape at Oklahoma State. The problem he always had at Oklahoma State was being patient. He always wanted to press before he needed to. But you know, playing this preseason, he's actually shown. Patience in his his running style. Good. So okay. if he can carry that on, you know he might steal some carries from Mark Ingram. So breaking news: Jordan Reed got a concussion. <laughs> like I'm not even joking. Like that that's probably the end of the road for that. that. That's like his ninth concussion. That's a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably it for him, huh? Yeah. Man. Like that just uh, just flashed on my phone. So sorry, I didn't want to. Matt, I was going to go to you next on Justice Hill, but I thought I would. I thought I would break the news as uh, as it was going on. But I remember hearing that he was a concussion away from having to shut it down a couple years ago. Uh, so Justice Hill, Matt, not to be a buzzkill. Uh, what what do you think about this? Is this news for you? Is this somebody you're? Does this does a thought like this make you want to target him more in your drafts, or is it, does it drive his price up too much for you? What's going on with that? I think it makes him a little more of a target than he already was for me, just because the team's now seeing kind of what we've all seen, I think, on this podcast, is that he's got the shiftiness, he's got the ability to be that third down back. As Chris was talking about, at Oklahoma State, it looked like he just didn't trust his line. Right. But now, here in the preseason, after peaking it, I haven't watched a snap like live. I've <laughs> looked at some tape and stuff. And it looks like he's trusting his line a little more. So if he can do that and he gets like some third down work on Lamar Jackson's dumping it off, he can also from anywhere. So, it, yeah, I, I want to target him just a little more now. Okay. Yes, sir, Chris. Hey, if you want to, Matt, if you want to see Justice Hill's carries and everything, go on to Twitter and look up Mark Baldinger. He did a breakdown of Justice Hill's carries against Green Bay last week. Brian or Baldy's breakdown. Yeah, Baldy's breakdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. So go watch that. And Baldy does a good job. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a lot of good information on there. He shows a lot of good stuff from him. Excellent. Thank you, Chris. And uh, Lee, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's definitely newsworthy. Um, my I love him in Dynasty is what I'll say. Right. Because I think he showed a lot of juice and he showed a lot of explosiveness, like you'd expect from a really athletic running back. But I still do think this is Ingram's backfield, at least this year, just because of the amount they paid him, the fact they haven't really played him in the preseason at all. And I think Hill is a good late-round guy, guy to target just in case Ingram goes down. 
But if Ingram's price keeps going down, he's a guy who I also really like just because I do think he'll get the majority of the carries in that offense. I think they're both going to be fantasy viable. I mean, you're looking at 44 rushes a game at the end of the year when Lamar Jackson was the quarterback. That's a lot of rushes that go around. Yeah, I mean, they led the league in time of possession when Lamar Jackson took over. So I think our listeners can buy in to the cost of both. Uh, I don't think I would want both. That might be a kind of a headache unless it just happens to the stars align like that. You're handcuffing it and it turns into a Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman case from a few years ago, right? Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Right, but I think that I think I, I think they're gonna run enough where you you can do it. I really do. I mean yeah. if you could figure out a way to get both you know, Ingram's probably gonna get twenty touches a game. You could find a way to get Hill. Eight to twelve touches a game, kind of like what we're talking about. With well, Pollard. I think Ingram got about fifteen touches with Baltimore last year a game. I think it was about a fifteen fifteen split or something along those matters. So I bet because he, he's not a spring chicken, they probably want to keep him around fifteen, not twenty. Maybe they do. I mean, who knows? Maybe they do. I don't. I don't. We we need to see Baltimore, right? We're talking I mean, about if, if you're running different teams, different everything else. You know, if you're running forty four times a, a game, I want my lead back to get at least fifteen to twenty a game. Oh, for sure. So Damian Harris is the next rookie we're going to cover uh, for the Patriots. And I'm a fan. So he's been impressing. So Lee, apparently Lee is such a fan, he's over here exercising a demon in his basement right now, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so, so Lee, is this news to you with Damian Harris? Of course it's news to me. <laughs> yes. You know, I just think... Um, no, the, the bad thing, though, is that Harris supposedly got injured today Yeah. Um, in the game, which is unfortunate. But And Sony Michelle did show well. And that's not really the thing all, my, all that much. That's not the worry of mine because Sony Michelle is a decent running back. It's always the Sony Michelle injury history because of all those knee procedures. And it really is like Harris is that double handcuff because he's, he's impressed in the passing game as well as just running the ball. And I think that... He's a really valuable guy to have in case White goes down or Sony goes down. Right. No, that's a, that's, that is a gold point. If I was Alex Trebek, I would give you a dollar right now, I think. <laughs> Maybe that's the wrong show, but you get where I'm going. Of course. Uh, Matt, what, <laughs> Matt, what are your thoughts on this? I agree. I think it's news. If Damian Lewis was impressing the front office, that means, well, Right, no? That's all we did if you're impressing your head coach. That means he's going to get a little more work, especially year one. And I do think that they're going to kind of want to limit Sony so they can keep him fresh for the stretch run. So it would only make sense that they both get a little work. And it's a New England backfield, so of course it's going to be a headache. But yeah, I, I would buy into Damian Harris's price well over Sony's price right now. Chris? Well, I'm not a big fan of drafting Patriots running backs in general. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you just you just don't know which one they're going to use from week to week, so you can't really say, you know, they're not going to give Sony Michelle the ball a lot to save him. They, they use the running backs for matchups. So whatever running back's going to give them the best matchup for that week to exploit the other team's defense. Well, the good thing—that's what they're going to do. Not to not to uh, be uh, devil's advocate too much here, but the fantasy world has kind of figured the Patriots out a little bit. I think we actually know less about the Eagles and their use of running backs these days than we do the Patriots, because if you kind of 
start sit, pay attention to data. Having a Patriot running back, you kind of we can kind of feel what it's time that it, like it's it's been pretty accurate. Like last season, like James White and Michelle and Burkhead were all startable, uh, just in different tiers of your lineup. Right, one's an RB two, two are flexes, one's an RB two in PPR. But you could have thrown out all three guys if in different pieces and been pleased with the production that you got. But at the same time, it's not the best scenario in the world. I would rather have. Darwin Thompson. That's my that's my new that's my new obsession is, is Darwin Thompson. So So that's uh that's trending in Roto right now. So real quick, I want to cover ADP before we start trading. Uh, there's a couple players. We're gonna do a couple players in each position, and I'm just gonna ask you guys about where they're going right now in the consensus of round. And I just want you guys to tell me if that's too high or too low. Um, there's two quarterbacks that are popping out to me. And it's Jared Goff, and it's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's going 8-11, and Goff's going 9-1. So we'll start with you, Chris. You can split your bet. You can talk about one, talk about other, talk about both. Is this too high, too low? What are you thinking about this? I mean, for me, usually it depends on when my league starts making runs on quarterbacks. I like my leagues that start making them in the – 12th, 13th round, start making runs at quarterbacks. So for me, that's a little too high for both of them. Well, but Russell Wilson in the ninth? You're talking about Russell Wilson is the 10th consensus-ranked quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. In the ninth round, that seems like an insane value. Matt, what are your thoughts on this? I see a little too high on Russell Wilson. Okay. A little too low for Jared Goff because I would take Goff over Wilson. Well, go- I believe that Goff is going to throw a ton more. I think Russell Wilson can give you some running stuff, but I just ah, I have no idea what Seahawks are going to do outside of just lean on Carson and Penny. So I would lean Goff in that situation. I'm with you on because we, we if there's one thing we know about Goff, what's he going to do this year? Throw 30 touchdowns. And you're getting him in the and you're getting him in the ninth round. That's baller, right? Yeah. And yes, of course, Chris, you're exactly right. If you're drafting in a league tomorrow or Saturday, and you're in the eighth round, and Patrick Mahomes is still floating around, this this doesn't matter. But this is just this is the this is the data that we're looking at where, like, peop, this is where these guys are going, like on, on on average. Because once once one goes, two goes, then three, and the people start kind of, you know, what I mean, popping off at that stuff. Like, Drew Brees is going in the seventh. I think I'd rather have Goff over Brees. Oh, yeah. You so, Yeah, because you started to see the decline of Drew Brees last year. Right. Uh, Lee, what do you have to say about all this? So, just between the two of them, I think regression is coming for both of them. And I think it's going to be positive regression for Wilson and negative regression for Goff in that the Seahawks ran the ball an absurd amount last year. And I'm not saying they're not going to run the ball an absurd amount this year, but especially as evidenced by that Cowboys game, you know, they should, in certain situations, they need to let Russell Wilson loose. So I do think they'll overcorrect for the fact that they ran the ball too much. And Wilson has been a top 12 quarterback every year he's been in the league. He's been top 10 every year but one. And he's the guy I want, whereas I think the Rams overperformed last year. And... If it's any evidence of uh, Bill Belichick, you know, kind of figuring them out in the Super Bowl, I think the teams are going to zone them up a lot more. 
and kind of make off, make tough decisions. I hope they do because he's got little small hands. I just I love the meme when he does bad <laughs> that I put on there, the Burger King meme. <laughs> I love, I'm all about that life. So next up is running backs in ADP. Okay, and then Chris will start with you again here. I'm looking at the two rookies. We're going to start with them. I've got David Montgomery going 3.09, and I've got Josh Jacobs going 3.06. Now, I like David Montgomery, but I think this is entirely too high for both. What say you? I agree. I mean, that's way too high for two rookie running backs. Now, I did just go on a, I did just go on a rant and say, get your guys. So if you think that he is better than Chris Carson, Devontae Freeman, Melvin Gordon, Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, they're in the right spot. The only because problem, that's, who that's who they're grouped with. The only problem with Montgomery is that there is Tariq Cohen. Right. And he's going in the sixth, seventh round. So would you say no on Montgomery, yes on Jacobs, because of him pretty much, we think, has more of a clear path role? I think Jacobs will be the starter in Oakland. Yes. So three six I get for starters not bad. Okay, but I think I would pass on uh, Montgomery because the value is not there. I'd get Cohen in the sixth or seventh. Well, Cohen is actually where is Cohen? Cohen's going in the seventh. So perfect. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on that? Too high for too both. High on both. Okay. I would much rather have Marlon back than either of those two. Okay. And Lee, what say you, sir? I I think I'm gonna agree with Chris here, where I'd take Jacobs and I wouldn't take Montgomery there. Okay, now I have a reach question for you. Okay, this is a hypothetical that I'm painting in my mind right now. All right, you know me, I, I get real creative with this. So the Darius Geis just played; he did pretty good. It's a bad offensive line. Heck, it's gonna be a bad offense. He's going in the sixth round right now. I'm going to paint an imaginary picture where we're in a world that Adrian Peterson gets traded. Because what happened last time Adrian Peterson wasn't the guy on a team. It was on New Orleans, and they traded him because he threw a little hissy fit. So if they want to give Geis more playing time, and Geis is the better back and more explosive, are we in a situation where maybe we like Geis more than his sixth round value and we're willing to take a fourth or fifth round pick on him and reach a little bit we're speaking in hypotheticals here or are we just saying six is too much or six is just right lee let's start with you what are your thoughts on guys well i want to can you give me some context as to where where the reach would happen like around what other running backs would be there Yes, so the, guy, the running backs I'm looking at are, let's say I'm staring at my draft tomorrow. We'll use that as an example, okay? Yeah. And I'm looking at Sonny Michelle, Philip Lindsay, Tevin Coleman, Miles Sanders, Lamar Jackson, uh, Lamar Miller, excuse me, uh, James White, Latavius Murray, and Austin Eckler. I think you go the juice. Or guys. I think you're saying if AP is traded or without AP, even without, even with, because I think it could happen. I would probably consider taking Tevin over um, Geis, and then Sony is is definitely a, a possible possibility. But over the other guys, I think I'd actually reach for Geis. I'd take Geis there because I have eleventh pick in the draft that I'm in tomorrow, right? So in the fourth and fifth round, I get to pick twice. In five picks, I think I would absolutely go Coleman and Geis, RB RB right there. 
because I think I'm going to start with I have Julio as my keeper. I'm probably going to pick Mike Evans or Kelsey, and I think I'm going to go Thielen next, and I think go RB RB after that. I think I'd be okay with that. Once again, that's hypothetical. I might actually Miles Sanders is kind of I think too pricey personally, but just a situation that I'm living out loud. Kareem Hunt is going in the eighth round. Lee. Oh no, no cream hunt. Good, thank you, <laughs> Matt. I know, Matt. I need, don't even need to ask you because I know your stance already. <laughs> Come on, let me say it again. <laughs> now, Matt, can I ask you a question that's very weird that might make your head explode? Let's do it. If I, if we have a listener right now who's like, man, I think, I think that I can, I think I can do it. I think I can draft Kareem Hunt in the eighth, which is where he's going. So you, there's no reaching, there's no falling. It's just period. I can draft Kareem Hunt in the eighth. I think that I could pencil him into my flex and win my league. Is there a if somebody thinks they can do that? I thought of a plan today actually that I wanted to cover on the podcast during my lunch, and I don't think it's terrible. I'm not going to do this, but I don't think it's terrible. And you know what that terrible plan is? Let's hear it. Draft Justin Jackson and Kareem Hunt. I know it's two different situations completely, but Justin Jackson could be the starting running back for six to eight weeks, right? Yeah. Then you kick him to the curb when Melvin Gordon comes no, back, and you've got two or three weeks. I see what you're doing here. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> I stand by my decision to not draft Kareem Hunt and just wait it out. Somebody's going to get frustrated and have to drop him because he's suspended and he can't go in your IR. I stand by that take. Yeah, I will die on that hill if I need to. I think he's going to end up on a lot of waiver wires. So that's my plan for him. And, and last but not least, this is for <laughs> this is for Chris Duke Johnson going to eleventh round. Too high, too low, or you love it? I love it. Give him to me. Give him to you. Give him to me. Dar- Dude, Darwin Thompson has went from being a fourteenth round pick to an eleventh round pick as well. Yeah, preseason will do that. Man, man. Ooh, it's going to be a hefty price manana. So let's do wide receivers real quick, and then we'll move to our trade article. Let's see if I can find anything juicy for you guys to close this out. So Amari Cooper has now fallen from being a second-round pick to the 4-1. Sign me up, Scotty. Are we all Are we all yeah. in unison here? Yeah, get him. Break it here. Yeah. Yes. That's crazy. I'd grab him with my third if I was like 3-6 wow. or something like that. man. Four. That's great. That's awesome. Man, I mean, A.J. Green's going in the fifth. Oh, sign me up for Cooper all day. Keep following, Amari. Keep following. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of of falling, by the way, um, we have James Washington and Dante Moncrief are going in the 10th and 11th round right now. They're going back-to-back, aren't they? They're going pretty much back-to-back. Gorgeous. When we did our our, uh, mock draft the other day. Right. I almost took them back to back just to for the handcuff. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey man, yeah. I don't think it's a terrible idea. Is that I late? I don't either. I mean, Let I it work itself it. out over a month. Wait till the bye weeks are there, and then cut bait on the one that's not doing it. Yeah, Lee, is that, you can go back to back to back and grab Deontay too. Yeah, and then and then and then get Big Ben's backup too. Just protect the Steeler house. Rudolph, <laughs> just go all Steelers all the time. Lee, what do you, Lee? What do you think? Would, was that a, is that an idea we could advise our listeners to do? Actually, is draft both or, or no? I don't. I don't know because it's just you. You're banking on one to break out. 
But then if they both take away value from each other, you just kind of drafted two duds. So I think I'd take my shot on whichever one I prefer and roll with that. Listen here, Milk. I don't appreciate being called a dud. Yeah, or <laughs> or you can just you can just get in a league with Chris's friends and draft both and trade both for Juju, and that'll probably work. And then you just, <laughs> you just, you just win everything. My my friends are mad at me because I I made a trade last year. I traded Roethlisberger and James Conner for Saquon. Yeah, that's terrible. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Man, How's that terrible? <laughs> you got a top ten quarterback and a top ten running back. Okay. Yeah. Keep, Sell it how you Hey, I also have Todd Gurley on my team, Patrick Mahomes, A.J. Green, Odell Beckham. Yeah, we don't want to hear about your... Man, brother, you living in the past. Yeah. I, well, I know. I'm just saying. For our listeners, Chris plays in a four-man league, and the trade was with his children. So, <laughs> so speaking of... God, <laughs> yeah. He said rough. I, I, I figured that he was talking about the rough bits of mine. So, yeah. I hate all of y'all. So... Speaking, too, <laughs> speaking of trading, uh, to close the show today, I've got uh, Lee and Matt are going to take over. Uh, they're going to talk a little trade action for our listeners. So, Lee, are you starting or Matt? Which wants to take the floor first? Well, I mean, we both have written trade articles at this point. Okay. So we'll go with Matt since he wrote the first one, and then I'll, I'll jump in. All right, Matt. So it's draft season. And yes, it is. as soon as draft season's over, it's trade season. So oh, love it. Drop some drop some 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 nugget dimes on our listeners, please. Alright. So when you're trading, what you want to do is you kinda wanna identify your own team weaknesses and be like, Man, I'm really kinda weak here and I wanna fortify here because I'm strong over here. Like, all of a sudden, I have, like, three, four wide receivers, and I need a running back. So, let's pair two together. Let's grab a running back or what have you. So, as an example, I'm pulling up our sleeper league that we're in together. And, oh, look that. My week one matchup is Lee, so this will be really easy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, and not much else at my running back, unless you believe in Tony Pollard, Chris. <laughs> he might be a great so, flex week one. I believe in Tony Pollard with all my might. I might be fine, but I do kind of want another running back. Or should I go wide receiver? Because all I have is Mike Evans and <laughs> Scantling and then a bunch of rookies. It sounds like so, you should just quit that league. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I can't believe they let me in here. You should turn in your microphone and stop giving people a device. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, <laughs> so, Lee, what do you need? So, Matt, um, I'm actually, I guess, like, the one, the one glaring need that I would have is, that I guess, star power would be, like, the kind of one thing. Um, so this is tough because I was hoping we'd do a dynasty trade because I'm actually really happy with this team I have right now, and it's tough for me. Do it, do it. Oh, Sweet. you want to go to our dynasty one? Well, hey, let's go to the dynasty league. Well, let's let's, go to the dynasty. Right, let's take a let's take a timeout real quick while you're pulling that up. Uh, yeah. David J. Chow. I didn't see a whole lot there. This is on Cam Newton. I think oh, okay. if that was a regular season game, he'd st- still be in there and fine. I'm not worried about Cam Newton. Retweeted yeah. by Evan Silva. 
Gotcha. Okay. The the floor is back, y'all. Sorry. All right. No, you're good. So, going to our Dynasty League, I still kind of need wide receivers because I have, again, Evans and not much else. Are we witnessing a live trade right now? Is that what's happening? Yeah, we're yes. going to trade. All right. Let's see. We're going to make a trade on We're going to – Chris, break out your notepad, please, on how to fairly trade. <laughs> Matt, I've got... You, you know how you fairly trade? You convince the other person that the trade they're getting is better than what they think it is. That, that's true, too, actually. I don't hate on it. I just It just makes you laugh. All right, gentlemen. Let the traders work, all right? Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay out of this. No. We're, so, we're just going to talk about the Devontae Cowboys Adams, now. Adams, Robbie Anderson, Cooper Cup, Will Fuller, um, and A.J. Green on my IR, IR right now. So I have receivers to give. Good. So what I'll say is how I usually start off a dynasty trade is every, some people react differently, so you have to know your owner. But I'll always start with my lowball offer. And it's not, I'm not saying it's something ridiculous like, you know, in a super flex offer, I'm offering um, Robbie Anderson for Carson Wentz or like CJ Anderson for Carson Wentz or something crazy. But you have to you have to really know your owner. And it can be like a decently low low ball offer, or like it's right there, but it, it's it's a little bit low for the other guy. And then it's all about just working your way back and forth between the owner to kind of find a deal you both are comfortable with. Agreed. So what do you think, Matt? Well, see, I always ask you what you feel like your team needs. All right, let me see. I'm gonna go to your team right now. No, I'm asking you, what do you think your team needs? Oh, what do I think my team needs? Um, yeah. Well, it depends on what you have, I guess. But no, I, I think my team needs... <laughs> Perfect world. Um, I, I guess running back help would be nice. You need a running back? I, I, only okay. have, I really only have Chubb and, and Tariq, and then Damian Harris, who I like, but isn't really ready this year, probably. Right. Somebody, Somebody's dynasty team that's named Zach has Tony Pollard, if you need a running back. I could jump in on this noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not as big Tony Pollard guys as you, Tyler, Tony Pollard guy. But you, Matt, it looks like you were pretty. You know, you were, you're kind of in the same situation as me. I mean, I've got yeah, Zeke, I got Mac and Henry. Carson, and that's it. All right, let's let let's let them <laughs> so do the Le'Veon Bell. Bell. Let's dynasty though. It is dynasty. Um, how are you feeling about your tight end situation? Um, who do I have again? Oh, I would actually. You know, you know, I can't resist uh, my boy. You have Ertz, right? <laughs> yep. Know your own oh. people. I know he's a Philly fan. So what's up? I got Zach Ertz. <laughs> okay. And all right, so let's talk Ertz. So my, I guess my initial offer would be. Uh, let's see. Let's see. My offer would be AJ Green and Jared Cook for Ertz. Right off the bat. Yeah, it's Dynasty. I'm not going to do A.J. Green, bro. Sorry. Okay, so you're not going to do A.J. Green? <laughs> I want to go uh, a little see. younger than him. And y'all were so talking smack about him. Chris Temple's traits. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> my traits work out. I don't get rejected. I'll come back with a straight-up Zachers for Cooper Cup. For who? For Cup? Straight up. Let's go. 
oh, I love Cooper Cup, but that's a really good offer. That is a great offer. That's I would a super competitive I would, offer. I would tell you that's a that's a fair offer too. Like that's and a, I've got Wentz, and I've got Wentz, which oh, is huge. Stack it up. Um, let me. Uh, this would be actually well, my well, pulling trigger. Well, I'm gonna go a little higher. Um, I can go a little higher, and I can get my homer team too. Yeah, you have. Uh, because, yeah, because then AJ comes back for me. And shit. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it, Matt. We have a deal. Hold on. I I know it's a deal, but I want to go one higher. Okay, what's up? I want to shoot for Devante. Oh, you can try. I mean, I'll listen to an offer. I know. I know. Let's see. I got Ertz. Who else can I pair with that? Ooh, that might be nice. Hold on. So for our listeners, they have a they have a deal in principle, and now Matt's trying to see if he can get even more because he knows that Lee is peaked, so that it can probably work out. Here we go. We got Zach Ertz, Marquise Hollywood Brown, and a twenty twenty first for Devontae Adams. Yeah, it's it's probably a decent offer. I'm like looking at a a piece of paper, but. I, I don't think I can do that. Are you catching I'm, that? I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Hollywood fan. Are you catching that piece of paper thing. on fire, Lee? Is that what's happening? Is that what's going <laughs> you on? Can, you can say that. I'm, I'm a lot more diplomatic about it. <laughs> but what I'll say especially is another trading tip is like never force a trade to force a trade. Or like never do a trade just because you want to trade. Like if you guys really can't come to an agreement, then it's okay to walk away. Like I know a lot sure. of I, I've I've tried I've made many offers to many people and at a certain point you're just the value is too off for you so don't be afraid to just say like hey this it's pretty far off for me like unless you're willing to offer a significant amount more like I'm out. So are we just gonna do cup for Urch straight up? Yeah, it's happening right now. I'm sending it over. Nice. All right, let's do it on <laughs> air pleasure. live podcast trade. That's, That's so funny, actually, trade. because I just traded Calvin Ridley for Cup in a third, like, in 15 minutes before the pod started. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> crazy. I ate a piece of pizza. That's what I. That was what I accomplished before the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. There it is. Trade complete. All right. So trade is, trade is happened. That's, that's actually a very fair trade because both are, in high-octane offenses, both get targeted a ton. Uh, they say that they, did you hear the news about Cup? By the way, that he actually looked is is his measurables and routes are better right now than they were before the injury. That's exactly, that's, that's crazy. It's crazy awesome. So that's awesome. So good stuff. So that is lineup locked. That is the episode for this week. We are done like the dishes, man. We appreciate you for listening. As always, we like reviews. We like comments. We like uh, we just like you for listening. So for me and the team, this is us signing out. Peace. 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 Later.